Go ahead, Ray. You! You worthless piece of slime! You ignorant, disgusting clown! Nothing but an unstable short chain molecule! It's the stuff. It's like pure concentrated evil. It's all flowing right to this spot. Material devolution has begun. Back at it again, ladies and gents. Pleasure to be here as always. How you doing, Matt? I am living, L-I-V-I-N. You know what I'm saying? Uh, feeling good. Ready to get after it. Let's do this thing. We got some pretty fun and lighthearted type of uh, type of lineup. Into the abyss again. Back into... To go, uh, to, go, to go with the tone of the recent times. Lighthearted. That's right. Everything just feels so light and happy. And it's 2021. And COVID is gone. And uh, we have a new Trump's president, gone, Joe, or, or, Joe or, Biden. Hey, all of our... Hey, or, Matt, Orange Man's gone. So everything is fixed now, right? That's right. It's amazing. Schools are open. Um, you know, everybody's out and, you know, training and doing going to the gym. No, I, I, do, I do want to say things things are, like, somewhat better in, in a bunch of ways for sure. But, yeah. like, obviously, like, all the major overarching things you know, that perpetuate are not. But a lot of immediate fixes have been made that are good. You know, what I, you know what I feel above all is that I feel like the fundamentals of the government are actually working in regards to, like, acquisitions of vaccines and, you know, distribution of the vaccines and those type of Basic things. Basic functionality. I actually feel like yeah. it's working at some level. Um, so at least I don't have anxiety about that. So, um, you know, but, hey, you know, other people having anxiety about other things you know we got uh tessica brown is uh, 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 uh the woman uh probably everybody knows by now um she used oh, you, you want to kick, kick us off into the abyss let's yeah, just man, do it let's jump thing. in yeah jump in let's F- do it fire in the hole round, yeah. round one yeah i just couldn't help myself with this one you know i actually learned about this very early on when um the video on tiktok or wherever it was first came out and i was passing it around just kind of just i had to laugh i, I was like oh my goodness like coming Matt, from rule- I was going to say, just rule, rule number one I learned from this story before you get into it is that, you know, you really got to be careful with what they tell you not to put it on because, like, it just said, you know, don't put it on, like, your your skin or your eyes, but it never said anything about that. That's true. I mean, you know, <laughs> you would think that if it said don't put it on your balls. You're, you're, yeah. Like, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't put it on your elbow, too. You, you know shouldn't put I mean? it on your elbow. You shouldn't put it on anything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just uh, very interesting. Interesting. Right? I, Inter- you know, interesting. Maybe let's not read between the lines at all or just, you know, use any critical thinking whatsoever, I guess. But anyway, Tessica took it upon herself to use Gorilla Glue instead of her um, normal uh, hair gel and uh, got stuck. And What was um, the reason? What was the reason that, like, she, she chose to do this? Do you know? Well, yeah, because the other thing was called something glue. Like it was the name brand of whatever other you know hair deal that she was she was using. It was like a it was like a super perm type like stuff. Yeah, you know, like what's what's that stuff used that you use your the spiky hair stuff? You know what I'm saying? It's, it was something like that. Something very bedhead. I mean, I think it's more yeah. it's more extreme than that. It was like you know I'm not a bedhead. Give me some gorilla glue from the, the you know the, the garage, and that's, yeah, you know, the exactly. socket wrench. That's what I need. Unbelievable. So anyway, she was. No, using hey, 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 hey! I'm, I'm out of plumbing. Get some WD-40 from the garage for me. Like, what are we doing here, people? <laughs> he needed some industrial strength hold. It was like you know she was like you know how they have the ranging from like one to ten, and then she was like extreme, and then she's like, no, I need that industrial strength. So give me the epoxy hold. I want the epoxy hold. Yeah. So so she used a bunch of gorilla glue and essentially permed her hair with it. Is what you're saying. 
Well, she wiped. She basically. Do you haven't seen this lady yet? She I've basically seen a made a I saw, shell. I saw a picture. She I didn't made watch a shell. Video. She made a flat shell. It, she she basically made a helmet out of gorilla glue. <laughs> 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 with a with a bone uh, with a bony tail hanging out the back, because um, because that stuff won't wash out, right? I'll tell you, I and, and when I saw it, like she was really in 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 desperate. She like she looked desperate into the camera. She was like, "Don't ever use gorilla glue instead of the other glue. Like it's bad." And and so she did that. And then you know, luckily enough for her, uh, her her pleas were heard, her cries were heard, and and a doctor. Um, in LA actually performed like a $12,000 four hour surgery, uh, or procedure, not a surgery, um, with her hair off. Well, they use like acetone and some other chemicals that, uh, that basically dissolved the, uh, the gorilla glue and, uh, they got it out and, um, you know, now she has normal hair and she'll probably never, ever, ever ever think of doing anything like that again but the funniest thing was is in the video she was tapping her nails on her head and it literally was like scratching them across this table it was so hard amazing she said it was stuck like that for two months yikes so anyway not to be outdone uh Moving right along to the next round two, round two. Let's go deeper. A Louisiana man accused uh, Tesca Brown of making up her Gorilla Glue hair saga ended up in the ER after he glued a plastic cup to his lips. So not only did we have one woman that used Gorilla Glue and a substitute for some other uh, hair product, um, this guy, Len Martin, uh, you know, he decided to uh, put them to the test and uh, and glue his lips to this uh, to this cup. Um, this solo cup. And so they had to uh, basically rip it off his face at the ER. Um, he didn't get such a, uh, such a, a, a lavish and, and, and luxurious, uh, you know, procedure done by a, a plastic surgeon in LA. Some Louisiana doctor, ER doctor just ripped that freaking plastic cup right off his face. So, um, so yeah, uh, basically people, um, you know, even though it doesn't say it, if it doesn't sound like a good idea, just leave it alone. Don't do it. <laughs> I wonder if, you know, I always thought the internet would have taught us to not do these things because, you know, you see some episodes of Jackass or Tosh yeah, or whatever it is, and you quickly learn, you know, there, there's grave consequences for doing really stupid things. And, you know, you, you already knew that as a child, hopefully, but you learn it very quickly that it's not something you need to experience yourself thanks to the horrors of the internet. But yet you see a perpetuation of these stories where you just wonder, is there just like uh, a blind spot for a ton of people where it's just impossible for them to perceptively learn from this avalanche of information telling you like, Hey, at any moment before you do something really stupid, you can just Google it. <laughs> and just like, like spend, spend, don't spend an hour, spend like five minutes just reading, like a little. And people are like, five minutes? I ain't got five minutes. I don't have five minutes. I need, my, I, I need to get my hair done. Like, you're going to spend like months with your hair glued together because you can <laughs> Google, should I put glue in my hair? And read that everything says, no, you idiot, don't. Here's an example of everybody who did it before. Look at these horror stories. You learn quickly. But apparently, Having this super tool at our, our you know disposal just 
it's immune to some people. So it's odd to me. I want, and I wonder if the people who do it later, are they inspired or are they just, you know, ignorant? Well, this guy was obviously inspired because he was like, I don't believe you. I don't believe that Gorilla Glue gets that hard. And instead, here's the genius part. Instead of going out and actually purchasing some of this Gorilla Glue that she used and just spraying it on something to see... There are YouTube videos. Other idiots have already done this for you before. You can see He's like, I'm going to glue this solo cup to my face. You know, I mean, that just takes another level. Of, uh, I mean, but you know what? Maybe he was in it for the money, right? Maybe he was in it for the notoriety. Maybe he just wanted 15 minutes of fame, right? And, um, you know, and, and, and this is his way of getting it, you know, or some way, somehow, you know, obviously she got a flight to Los Angeles and, um, you know, although her hair probably doesn't look great, she can wear a hat and, uh, it's, it's well, nice it's not, here right now. It, it's not like she's known for something good though. So the question becomes, I don't, I don't think in her case necessarily, she was somebody who wanted to be famous. She's somebody who's really stupid and wanted help. I think she was like a TikTok like esthetician, like beauty. You know, she she did that sort of thing. And then beauty you know, person she, changes, and she didn't know about she changes her hair. <laughs> you know. Hey everybody, we're gonna use hey. this new thing. Hey, you don't want to change your hair for you you like your haircut? Are you sold on your latest cut? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean she suffered for two months, so let's just say that like in her case, uh, you know, it was authentic. Okay. Oh man. We'll, 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 we'll give her a credence of doubt that she wasn't just do, doing it for the likes or the follows. You know what I mean? That would be kind of obscene. It's not a jackass level stunt, in my opinion. Yeah. Some of these other people, like your fine, fine friend in story number two. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps. Right. Yeah. I think he might just be doing it for, you know, a little bit of fame and some, some cash on the side or something. I don't know. Seems painful. Anyway, moving right along to ridiculous, uh, you know, are you. Dev, you come from the Bay Area, so I, I grew up in the East Coast, right? So hockey was a big thing uh, with the Penguins and, and, and the Blues before that when I was living in St. Louis. Um, and it, But you're a sports fan, so you probably know like the Stanley Cup, right, isn't treated with much reverence when it's won, right? They take it to bars. They throw it down slides, right? They like, yeah, they, they drink, drink, drink beer and champagne. It, you know, it, yeah. yeah. I think the Rangers one year left it on a street corner in La- in New York city. Uh, and it was picked up by wow. a taxi driver. I'm pretty sure from what I've read, there's a guy who they pay the NHL the entire year to travel around and stay with, with the Stanley it. cup and stay with it. And like, it gets shown to people and they take it to like you know, schools and but if you, here and there. So I've been, I, I, I know, I know the team wins it. They get to like spend the day with it or whatever. And oh, they, they keep it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. They keep it for a while. Yeah. They party with it. Yeah. It's crazy. But, uh, so anyway, yeah, no, the, the Bay area, I'll, I'll just say real quick on hockey, not huge San Jose people from that area. They're into the sharks, but like the sharks have been a bit of a, you know, They've only, re- they've only recently gotten good in the last 10, 15 years, and they've always disappointed. I think people from the Bay Area feel like. But they have staying power. They, they like came about in the 90s. I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's pretty impressive. But not, 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 a hockey, not, not a hockey town, so I wasn't super familiar with all this hockey. Right, hockey, uh, right, you know, right, right, yeah, yeah, stuff. Hockey, hockey culture, yes, the culture. Um, but anyway, they're they, you know the hockey guys are all rough and tumble guys, so they kind of beat the shit out of that trophy. So anyway, but uh, moving on, uh, ridiculous uh, number three, Lorraine Grows, um, who is the daughter of the person who crafted the first Lombardi Trophy. Um, he was a silversmith at Tiffany and Company, and I guess it was made by hand. And I guess he had to go through and like shave down the welds and this, that, and the other, and you know, just make it the way that it is. 
Um, but her quote is, it just upset me that uh, this trophy was disgraced and disrespected by being thrown as if it were real football uh, by uh, by Tom Brady to uh, Gronkowski in that boat parade uh, that they were having uh, down there after winning the uh, Super Bowl. And it just got me thinking. I'm like, you know, one, there's only one Stanley Cup. Two, there's a bajillion one of these Lombardi trophies, right? Well, not a bajillion, but you win one every year. It's a new one, right? That's crafted every year. Three, they want it. <laughs> it's theirs. <laughs> they can do whatever they want. And if celebrating the fact that they made it through a season that, uh, you know, not everybody makes it through and in, in intact, right, in football, you know, uh, they were having a good time, right? Because they do it for the glory. They do it for the money, and uh, that trophy is just a symbol of 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 that of that success. Um, so I don't know. I think Miss Lorraine Gross needs to uh, take a chill pill on the uh, throwing of the trophy um, because two, he's the goat, and it worked. <laughs> you can't even trust these stories, though, Matt. It's like, do you think this lady like went out of her way to like call up? like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and complain or did like some newspaper reporter call her and be like, Oh, did you see what happened with like, you know, Tom Brady? Like, what are your thoughts on that? And then it becomes some clickbaity headline story. Cause it's just like, I saw the headline. I, I, I what am I going to learn from this? How is like, I've got so few neurons left in my brain to function. And this is just like going to keep chipping away at it. Like an ice pick stories like this. In. It drew me in. <laughs> I mean, I, I saw the video of him doing My it. My father like, had to chisel the seams. He had to hey. chisel the seams by hand. There's Bro, a newspaper like article that shows him working on that trophy. The ball is hand-formed in the base as well. Man. I, I, I just pictured him, like, slipping because he was so wasted on tequila and, like, Gronk, like, diving and catching in and catching it and, like, taking out somebody on, like, a sea or something like that. <laughs> like, just, like, pure, pure comedy just, of errors. Just chaos. Uh, like, just, just chaos. Pure, pure chaos. It yeah, was. Like, like it, a million things could go wrong. It was. But, like, it, it was pretty funny. It was funny watching Brady come back in hammered. I mean, hey, let's, let's all go to a giant boat parade with no masks. It's all, it's all yeah, good. No, COVID, right. COVID's not a thing. Jeez hey, Louise. They, they theorized that every Every city where they win a championship, and that causes a super spreader event. You know, like Alabama or whatever national championship game. Uh huh. Like you know, fucking chaos in the streets afterwards, right? Like just cities overrun. And you'd think, without, in the case of Alabama, you'd think that they would like stop partying after a while because it's like a pro team playing with all the college kids, and they win every year. So like they're pretty accustomed to it. Like how come you got to party every year? You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We won. Alabama won again. I don't like who wants you've been, to, you've, been, you've been to Alabama more than me. Oh, yeah, like, I know. These, these, these people need a reason to, to stop partying, is what you're telling me? Well, no, I mean, not really. I mean, but you know, the, the truth is, is that you know, they don't, there's no pro teams in Alabama, so of course they freaking have like you know, the Crimson Tide's like you know, the thing, you know, and and Auburn takes like a far second, you know, to the to the red tide. SEC football, like, become like a you know, religion over the last 30, 30 years, it feels like. It is, yeah. I mean, but it's also the dominant force in football. I mean, like in college football, at least. Um, you know, that's an interesting subject. I mean, we did remember we did the uh, NCAA about uh, you know paying the students and uh, and those type of things. Yeah, yeah. The day. You know, uh, it, it's it, it kind of asks if there's a case to to be made that like is is the NCAA in, like in trouble because of COVID and you know all these other other things? But um, maybe for I mean, well, look, the, the campuses were closed, but you know the teams kept playing. Kept playing, didn't they? Man, 
Yep. Yep. Need that TV money. Got that money. You got them contracts in place. We got to get out there. We can only. We're not here to educate. We're not here to educate, Matt. We're here to sell ads. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right on. Cool. Cool. Um, So, what was the other thing that you wanted to? Oh, cancel culture. We were going to get into a little bit of uh, cancel culture revisited. Let's call it that. Yeah, we we talked about this a lot. Actually, did we do Um, that episode, or was that episode the episode that was like the lost episode? I think that was the lost one. Yeah, that that was the lost episode because we did a cancel culture episode. It was fire. It was good. Yeah. And then due to technical difficulties, it was lost. Because uh, it was about that open uh, letter that was signed by all those uh, all those. Yeah, by Matt Taibbi and a bunch of other yeah. uh, far – Noam Chomsky and some, a bunch of other people who actually don't like – It was an eclectic like, group, like an eclectic group that came together on that one. Yeah. But so it, it did raise a lot of interesting points, some of which I agreed with, others that I didn't agree with. And the story where it got revisited now, which we want to bring up, is the Gina Carano story. For you know, anyone who doesn't know, Gina Carano is an ex-mixed martial arts fighter, one of the first female mixed martial arts fighter, renowned for being very, very beautiful. That's a big thing in that industry. You know, if, you, if you're also attractive and can fight, you can sell more tickets. So she became a very hot commodity very fast, and she realized, you know, getting punched in the face isn't a good way to make a living. Let's get into Hollywood, where I can act and you know, do do cool action I movies. I can act and get- tough. Yeah, act tough instead of getting punched in the face. And, and I can stay pretty. This is, pretty. My, this is my money maker. Money. My money maker isn't because I'm a really good fighter. And you can get well, even even if you are, you can keep doing that for a long time. You can keep getting worse as a fighter. She ran into cyborg, and right after she ran into cyborg, she decided, yeah, this isn't for me. Smart. Which a lot of people just, a lot of people decide that. Yeah. They don't have the avenue that she had to get into Hollywood. I would decide that also. So she got into Hollywood, uh, did a few projects here and there, and Long worked her way into uh, a guest starring role on the hit Disney series, The Mandalorian, which is kind of like uh, a show that took off during COVID, during the quarantine, kind of became like the driving, I'd say, cultural TV show right now since Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? That's like probably the most talked about TV show, most like is popular it? new show. Yeah, by far. Mm. You know, I've I don't watch. It. I've I'm only, not, I'm I've not, only seen a, a couple episodes. I, I'm not a Star Wars guy, and I really don't want to like keep like going into that world. But I, I mean, from what, what people tell me, they like it, they enjoy it. She got a, a guest starring role as Cara Dune, who was like a bounty hunter uh, on the show or something like that. It was a female empowerment role, kick ass, take names. You know, show shows. You know, you know, women are strong and all that stuff. Uh, all well and good, you know, Disney trying to make money from everyone, as usual. Well, Gina's gotten in trouble over the past year or so for multiple social media posts she's made. You know, she made first posts mocking trans people by changing her Twitter bio. I think she changed it to, Oh, like, it's like beep, bop, boop beep, or whatever. Beep, bop, boop, because people will put, like, he, him, or she, her yeah, to be, like, yeah. kind of show... They want to show solidarity with trans people to be, like, if you want to talk to me, these are my pronouns. Was that in, like, like isolation, or is that something that she just did? I mean, was there no, a build-up to that? Like, I don't, no, she, I don't know anything she's, about she's, her, like, as a person, so... She's a conservative blowhard. Okay. So, I mean, I don't think she's a very thoughtful person. Do you so put her, like, she, right up there with, like, that Dana Leish chick? You know the one that the right hand, the NRA mouthpiece. This chick's probably. I mean, Gina Carano is probably less intelligent than her. She's an actor and a fighter. Yeah. Fi- Matt, fighters are some of the stupidest people ever. <laughs> like, I, and and I, I say this as somebody who likes fighters. Like, to be a type of person who's willing to like try to beat somebody to death for money and think you're going to be the best at it, you got to be a certain type of person. And it doesn't usually lend itself to intelligence. Most people who do it. Not saying, you know. 
everybody, but it's unlikely for most. Anyways, uh, she, she made some other <laughs> Moving posts. On. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, you know, first she made, you know, some, think like some George Soros, you know, conspiracy taking over the world type post. Then some other thing about like, you know, uh, you know, anti-mask, anti-vaccine type posts. And it got to the point where literally they had John Favreau, the director. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile in California. And it was like a they, 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 of- they, they had him called in to talk to her and tell her, you have to cool this down. Because the goal of this with Disney is more money, more money, more Star Wars. They're in the process of doing another Star Wars spinoff show uh-huh, apparently, uh-huh. called Rangers of the New Republic. And it was going to feature Carl Weathers coming back as Lando. And it was supposed to feature Gina Carano in a starring role as Cara Dune. Now it's not going to be a guest role. It's going to be you on the show every week. You in the press every week. You on the poster. You on the magazine. You getting a little figurine made of you. And guess what? We want everybody to buy it. We want everybody to like it. When people talk about it, we want everybody to think good things. So you need to shut the fuck up. You can say whatever you want in private. You can think whatever you want. But if you want to work for Disney and make money for Disney, you need to play Disney's rules. Capiche? And what happened was Gina decided, you know, that's, you know, against her freedom of speech perhaps you know she's being silenced she's being canceled so you know she made a post uh i'll pull it up right here jews were beaten in the streets not by nazi soldiers but by their neighbors even by children and it was like a picture of like you know a woman running in the street like during the holocaust being like chased by people or whatever continued because history is edited most people today don't realize that to get to the point where nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of jews the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being jews how is it any different from hating someone for their political views that's what you posted and people started uh people already didn't like gina carano because of what she'd been doing on social media for the past year they they were like Copping back at Disney, that's why they talked to the director, that's why she was talked to. And there's already basically a negative uh, PR backlash to what she was doing. And this was the straw that broke the camel's back. It caused a lot of people who saw this as food for the sharks, chum chum for the sharks, to be, you know, very upset. This was anti Semitic. Yeah. This, this was, you know, this was all these things. We should fire Gina Carano. You kick her off the show. She's not even a good actress. Before you know that's trending, it's fire a, Gina it's Carano. It's a huge false equivalence, right? Well, oh, so the thing is, I don't think it's inherently anti-Semitic. It's a, a very unintelligent, asinine uh, parallel draw. Yes. Because yes. you're, com- you're comparing being persecuted for being conservative today, where the worst repercussions are perhaps that culturally you're made fun of on Saturday Night Live versus being ethnically cleansed. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it's one of the most asinine parallels super you can shallow. possibly draw. But, but it doesn't mean you're anti-Semitic, I'd say. It just means you're really stupid. Yeah. And to be the type of thing, we'd say, you know what? This person shouldn't be fired. What should happen is somebody should talk to her and explain the situation and have her apologize, and we can ma- go back to the business and make money. But here's the thing: this already happened. Yeah, I was going to say this is so times. stupid, though, and it's also this so is, this, like you're that's this, this is the this is the classic conservative t- 
take of creating a situation where you make yourself the victim mm-hmm. and then claiming you're the victim because of the situation you created. Yes. And what are you, what happened? Ben Shapiro's Daily Wire instantly hired her to star, write, and produce and direct her own movie. You know, we're not going to let them cancel us. If they can't cancel us if we won't let them. If they said something like that. And basically, now she's going to become this firebrand for the right wing. So it's an interesting parallel for me to think about from like a free speech perspective, because I see people talking about it online and it just shows me how little people know in this country about anything. Because first off, they don't understand the concept of free speech. No. I mean, they think it has to do with, uh, you know, private everything enterprise. That you say, right. Yeah. It's got every, everything you say, you can say anything, anywhere, anytime without repercussion. That's what they think it means. And here's the thing. We could have an argument about what free speech should be. But we know what it is, and you should talk about what's been established and why it should be changed. And that should be like the framework for discussion. Well, listen, if Disney's going right? to make you the star of their show, they don't want any controversy surrounding like that figure like you talked about. That action figure needs to be that action figure. Well, and when they think about that, to- they don't need to think about all of the backstory about Gina Carano where they're looking at it. Like they don't, you don't look at Luke Skywalker or Harrison Ford and go, huh, like Han Solo. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't even think of a thing. Matt, Matt, if you want to ever draw other examples, this is where you get stuck in the conservative paradox because it's always different. Well, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about, like, when my. I was was also thinking about, like, you know, how you were talking about creating a scenario where they get pushback and then then becoming a victim. It's like when you go and you're giving speeches at, like, University of California, Berkeley, and then you're upset that, like, there's, like, Antifa and other people there that, like, protest you to, like, to shout you down or whatever is happening. Ben Shapiro himself has wanted to cancel and celebrated the canceling of lots of people on the left. Uh-huh. I mean, canceling is what people do when they don't like other people. It's a natural response to just like social backlash. So you get the situation where people are like, oh, we're being canceled. There's a situation where it's just called cultural repercussions. And that's part of the paradox of free speech, where you can say whatever you want. You really can. It's just... In certain situations, there will be certain repercussions, some legally defined, some socially defined, and some that operate in even a gray area where you can't tell. So, for example, you could say whatever you want that Gina Carano is saying, and guess what? She can keep saying it. Twitter's not even – they're not going to kick her off Twitter for saying that. No. She deleted her post because she didn't want the PR backlash, but guess what? She could put that right back up. No one's going to stop her. Disney does not want to pay her to be the star of one of their shows if she's going to be still posting stuff that Disney thinks isn't going to make them more money than less money. That's called capitalism. It's called and capitalism. The funny thing is conservatives love when you can fire people for doing left-wing things, like trying to form unions against Amazon or Captain Collar and, uh, Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. You know, We should totally fire him then You know, because he's making a political statement on the job. Well, guess what? When you're an actor or an actress, you're always on the job. You are the brand. You are everything the brand. you do. Everything you do publicly is part of the brand. So that's the same thing, really, to me. Colin Kaepernick taking a knee, and in both cases, I don't think you should be fired for that. I don't think she should be fired specifically because she made political statements. She should be fired because Disney have repeatedly told her stop doing this, and she's like, no, it's more important to me to be a conservative blowhard. She made a choice. Than it, than, made a choice. Than it is than it is to be a part of the Disney network. Plus. In fact, I'm going to basically monetize the backlash from it by going out in a blaze of glory. So therefore, I can become this icon of the far right, you know, which mm-hmm. now she is. Yeah. So yeah. for me, it became an interesting paradox, though, because it's like I don't want people to be fired for their jobs because you get in that situation. If you fired people for being like, you know, idiots or bigots or racists, you'd have to fire like 
hundreds of millions of people. You can't just like fire your way out of these problems. You know what I mean? But you have to create a situation where people understand you can be as hateful as you want in your heart and in your mind and in private. When you do it in a public setting, in a corporate setting, you have to work with people from other genders, races, sexual orientations. If you offend and anger them, it makes it uncomfortable for everyone and it makes less money for everyone. Especially then you become a problem. Especially so, in, especially in Hollywood, man. Like you're sitting there and yeah. like you're you're talking about, you know, equating like the hatred of political views of being conservative to like the extermination of a Jewish, the Jewish, like, you know, race. It's like <laughs> you're, you're in Hollywood. Yeah. You should probably have a little bit more awareness of uh, where you're at and who, uh, who pulls those strings. But ultimately the argument they're trying to make is for stronger labor unions. They're trying to be like, you shouldn't be able to fire us because we did something in private. Yeah. yeah on Twitter. That, and, and that's, which, 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 which you're right. But guess what? <laughs> you guys don't want that. Yeah. No, it's, Hilarious. I, yeah, it's a situation. It's a situation where literally, you you argue against the solution to the problem that you yourself are artificially creating. I mean, it's why we're in this like insurrection incident in the first place. Create a problem and then argue that somebody else caused it, and then do nothing about it. And then do nothing I mean, about it, and then yeah. re- rinse and repeat. Oh, oh, and Ink will grift off it now, of course. You can and make grift money off it, and now make money. So now she's like running over to like Daily Wires, like film, like some kind of operation. They have like a film that they're making and she's super happy about that. So, you know, have fun with the daily wire instead of Disney. <laughs> so yeah, it was weird. I read the story. Apparently they like make movies with this guy who was like one of the executive producers of like bone Tomahawk, which I remember is like a really solid, dark, dark Western movie. And okay. they've made like a couple like solid kind of like conservative movies where I like, they're good movies. It's like, I don't agree with the ideology of them, but like they, I think they really represent like the conservative mindset very well. There's one with like, uh, Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn as okay. crooked cops. Huh. It's called like drag, drag down like concrete or something like that. You like it. It's good. Nice. That's like, like, that's very, like these guys, the daily wire films or no, no, well, the- they, they, they work with this guy who worked on that bone Tomahawk film. Gotcha. So like, I don't think their film divisions anywhere near like, you know, that level, you know, where that was like, you know, this guy was actually making like Hollywood level films with a conservative, like kind of like ideology to him. But a guy who was executive producer, kind of like an offshoot of it. He's helping him get some stuff made. They, they, made a, they made a school shooter movie recently that was absolutely hysterical. I don't know how you make a school shooter movie hysterical, but uh, that's interesting. Yeah, you actually saw it? Or I it? heard about it. It's called Run, Hide, Fight. Run, Hide, Fight. And basically, oh, I see it's, that. it's basically like... School shooter like, movie. We revealed so, it. You like this. It's a Columbine fantasy where basically a girl goes to school and her dad is like a hunter and he like kicks her shooting all the time. And like she's in the school and the school shooting takes place. Oh, I get it. And it's it kind of like a, it's kind of like a diehard in, in a school. Uh huh. Uh huh. And she's, and she's John McClane. Yeah. Right. And she's dying back. And, and she's, she, like, and she's, and she, hey, she is an, uh, she, first she runs, then she hides. And then she hides. Then she fights. And then she Run, hide, fight. But hey, so this is the best part. She's like a thirteen-year-old, fifteen-year-old girl, or whatever. She's not, she's like an operator in the school, t- 
taking out these, you know, terrorist kids who are like laying waste to the school, you know, like Hans Gruber esque, like this kid's like the Joker, basically. Yeah, right. You know, like we we live in a society, and that's it's why this we're intricate land, and like nothing's going off it, like everything's uh, going off without a hitch, except for this one girl who happens to be like well, John. I, I read a podcast where they were reviewing it, and my highlight of the podcast that they reviewed it. The best thing this is, is towards awesome. the end. Towards the end, uh, there's like a scene where. The girl's like fighting one of the terrorist kids who's like this bigger kid who represents the, like, oh, you know, like the other kids saw my dick when they pulled down my pants when we were little and they all laughed at me. And she's <laughs> like, maybe, you know, they were just laughing. It's not all about you. I tried to do that thing. Like, like, <laughs> and so she's fighting him. Meanwhile, her dad, who's the hunter who takes him on, he's like on site. And he like, even though there's like, you know, cop perimeter, he goes and gets this like huge sniper rifle. Like, oh. bipod, like, 500 meters away, just, like, boom, like, headshots this kid who's fighting his daughter. You know, oh, like, saves his daughter. his daughter with the saves long daughter. range, with the long range sniper shot. 500 meter headshot into the high wow. school on one of the Joker kids. Uh-huh. And the cops, like, high-five him afterwards. Like, way to go. Like, you're not interfering with our operation at all. Like, no, no, you're like, he's like, no, no, like, I'm, listen, I got him. I'm, I, I got one of the terrorists. I'm, I'm actually, my daughter was in trouble. And my I'm daughter was in trouble. Guys. And you guys couldn't even get in there. And he had his hands all over. And I just took him out. Headshot. Boom. Got him. But it, it honestly sounds like one it of those movies. It sounds like a legit movie. It sounds like something like I want to so, watch. So, it should probably it's be like up so bad like it's good. Oscar. It should probably be up for like an Oscar or something. Yeah, it's probably so bad it's good. I could definitely A little Sharknado action. <laughs> so they're making movies. But dude, getting back to the whole free market this. thing, right? So like you're absolutely right. Like it's it you the, capitalism is 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 put on a pedestal, right? The almighty dollar is uh is the goal. And uh yet when these things come up that the free market is acting like for example, Josh Hawley's book, right, that got canceled um by the publishing house uh after his actions at the uh yeah, on January sixth. Yeah, Simon Schuster dropped him. And then he was talking about free speech and it being nineteen Orwellian in nineteen eighty four, blah blah Matt, blah blah. Was that where he talked about free speech and it being nineteen eighty four in the front page of the New York Post? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. That was, like, that was like President Trump when he got banned off Twitter. He's like, they're banning my freedom of speech. You could go on TV and talk to the nation at any moment. You can go into your press room and field questions from every reporter in the world on a moment's notice. You can have your press corps go out and speak to the press corps at any given moment. But you're like, no, if I'm not allowed to use a public utility at my whim to, you know, like inflame people. In any way that I want. Just say whatever I want. And therefore, my freedom of speech is being infringed upon. Like, we don't even understand what we're talking about here. You know what I find extremely interesting is from the outside looking in, when you talk about, when you listen to Donald Trump talk and this whole, like, you know, this, the, the setup of the uh, election fraud and then they claim that there was the election fraud early and then the, the, the ongoing claims that there was election fraud in these other different ways. And then you, then they had the, 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 the riot and the insurrection and all this stuff on the Capitol. It's so amazing to me when I listen to the people who were caught or the people who are caught up in it talk about how they absolutely 100% in their minds believed that he was telling them the truth. 
I find that fascinating, fascinating that that's the case. I, I guess there was a piece of me all the time that was like thinking that, you know, no, that's just my guy and I'm just going to, I'm going to fight for him. No, you know, because he's my guy and maybe I've went down this path and I'm a little bit too far in or whatever, but you listen to the way that they talk about like we're there fighting for Trump. Like he told us that's incredible to me, incredible that they actually believed all of those lies. I, I just, I guess I didn't really grasp the hold and the, and the true, because I've always been a skeptic my entire life about everything, right? Even things that should be absolute. I've always questioned things in my mind. And so I've never really grasped onto an idea or a statement or an ideology with the same like absoluteness that like you hear coming from these people. I find it absolutely 100% fascinating. And I would love to hear your thoughts on that cult of personality and the ability to just, just take over in such an absolute manner, like somebody's the control of somebody's brain, like that they actually like that, like it, like they believe it as much as they believe any religion that they believe in. Insane. Man, that's a lot to take in. You know, I mean, I know I shifted gears real quick, but it like, it was just on my mind of this whole, no, no, I, it's, it's an excellent point. You know, uh, remember the movie hypernormalization? Did you ever watch that? Yes. So that's a movie by, uh, Pull up here, uh, Adam Curtis, and it basically argues that governments, financiers, and you know technological uh, utopians and corporations, for the last forty years, have basically they've given up on the real world and they basically built a fake world run by corporations and kept stable by politicians. I would argue that what hypernormalization is arguing and what it's led to is a state of affairs where America is a system built to perpetuate itself under the illusion that it can change. But it's never changing. You've got a fake war between two parties that support each other on 96% of the issues that actually drive America in terms of economics and imperialism and the corporate state and all those things. And then they can argue about the hot-button issues, gay marriage, abortion rights, uh, you know, corporate tax rates, things that, you know, affect your life but don't really affect the overall utilitarian nature of the society we live in and what it's led to is a state of affairs where you perpetually elect politicians who are part of the system where the goal isn't to change anything it's to get elected and then to keep getting elected (laughs) and you're playing a game of you know shoots and ladders is what they're doing well the ship keeps going towards the iceberg and at some point People see that happening and they say, well, what fucking does it matter who the captain is? The only thing that matters is, is that the people I don't like suffer. And the Trump response to that uh, is literally, in my mind, the response, well, maybe it'll help us. Maybe he won't. What he will do is he'll own the lips. Right. He'll inflict, he'll infl- and he did that. He'd done that in spades for them. Mm-hmm. And that's why you said you can't believe that they keep believing his lies. Did he build the wall? He did build more of the wall. Did he ban the, Muslim, ban the Muslims? He tried to. 
What about Mexicans? Put them in concentration camps. What about Antifa? I mean, fucking, you saw the crackdown on Black Lives Matter compared to what happened to these motherfuckers trying to overrun the Capitol. We could go on and on, Matt. Yeah, so but I'm a, talking there, about there, a specific instance of election but I'm talking fraud. About the, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the psychological state of mind, though, yeah. where you can get these people to perpetually believe the lies of a charlatan. And that's because everybody who's came before them was a charlatan who always left them unsatiated. He actually satiates part of the ego in a way by owning the libs, yeah. by inflaming their opponents. When they were overrunning the Capitol, they felt great, not because necessarily Trump told them to do it, because they knew how pissed off it was making the people in power, Nancy Pelosi, Mitch uh-huh. McConnell, Mike Pence. They just love the fact that, guess what? We can go into your offices, shit on your desk, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's not going to change the world. It's not going to. You're not going to not be Speaker of the House. We're not going to not, you know have a democracy and this and that. But in that moment, I get to feel like I have something over you. And that's the state of modern politics and government where you feel so feeble and so unsubstantiated and so unable to contribute. It's almost like alienation of the mindset. All you have is basically like vile vitriol uh, towards your opposition. Yeah, And that's what we've come to. It's come to that type of cult of personality. It's on, it's on the left too, to some degree. No, it's absolutely no. Far, it's absolutely not, there. There's, yeah, there's, not necessarily the far left, but like the near attendant side side of the left, the center center for American progress. There is that smug liberal. Left, like what we do is freaking justified and by all means because we're trying to help people and everything. Uh, yeah, and, all hey, the, and all the means that lead mass. to that end is worthwhile, right? And also, we're so smart. We're going to means test everything. You know, guess what? It's going to be corporate grants if you're a black family of four who made over one hundred forty thousand and live in this, these six zip codes. You know what I mean? Like you're so fucking smart for your own good that you've got a system that works perfectly built based on a framework of just something you think works. And it's not in the real world necessarily. Like you do need to take into account to a varying degree that even if there are people you vehemently disagree with, you do need to build a framework of understanding to at least move forward with. But because we've had this situation of like, you know, basically flagrant corruption being flaunted in our face because of uh, the modern rise of technological advancement, because of the internet, because of phones, because of all these things. It's so in your face that this is the natural gravitational response because what is this newspapers, radios, you're so detached from it. You're so unable to contribute to it in any like meaningful way that it just seems like something that is happening in this way. It feels like you should, you're watching it. You're commenting on it. You're talking about it. And yet you feel like you're not able to do anything about it. Yeah, that's a very interesting that oh, that's a very interesting uh, observation. Before it was just something you, you can you read about in the newspaper or you comment, hear about the radio. Comment, right now, there's no lag, right? So there's commentary in real time, but you have no influence over the direction of whatever is coming down the pipe. All you're doing is consuming all of all of that flow of information, but yet it's in real time of whatever is going on, and it's supposed to be like self governance by the people for the people, etc. And these and, and, and these uh, representatives uh, to that end. And you can talk to them, you can talk to them in real time on Twitter, and yet there's no influence at all over any of their talk, decisions. Talk, 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 talk to a bot or call and speak to one of their assistants and leave a voicemail that never gets listened to. Right. It's, it's pure impotency. Or write them and get a letter back, a form letter, right? Here's the thing. It's one thing to be impotent, which you might have known historically in the past you didn't have any political impotent. Now you're being cut to your face about your political impotency. 
Not only can you not do anything about it, but we're going to sh- rub it in your face all the time how little you can do anything about it by showing you all the time. Dude, the two cops who beat that 75-year-old man and made him fall and break his head open in front of him and not help him, acquitted. Like, it was on video. We all saw it. Like, it, Unbelievable. We've, re- we've reached the state of affairs where it's like the system to me has proven that it cannot be fixed. Well, wait a minute, dude. That, Carl, that Kyle Rittenhouse, dude, they didn't even rearrest that guy. Which they should have because he didn't register like his 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 whereabouts or whatever with the court when he moved. He's hiding out in a safe house away from the government, well on bail for murdering somebody at bars, taking shots and celebrating. And they want to up his bail by like a hundred thousand, as if they can't just raise that immediately with some conservative think tank. It's yeah. like it's a, the system itself is built for this. Stuff. Well, I mean, look at the impeachment. Cash job. bail. Look at the cash bail is a joke. I mean, you know you know what what I mean? Oh, yeah. where like literally you see it on television. Um, the, it's obviously exactly you know as they describe it, and then they they vote they vote to acquit on a technicality that was already decided upon. Um, there's precedent. There's precedent. There's well, there's precedent to. to hey, to, you, you, you gotta love McConnell though. Because- oh, and then immediately after you go on there, so that's what. I, so everything that you're saying is absolutely true because, like, you're talking about like, like, why are we? Li- why, why do you? Why do you listen to the laws that they 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 don't buy by their own laws? Like this thing's a freaking sham, right? You don't have any say over it. You saw it with your own eyes, and they have the audacity to just not act. Unbelievable. I mean, here's the here's the thing. I mean. They know there will be no response. It's like the Panama Papers coming out or the, or the Libor scandal where they showed they were price fixing in the UK. When there is no backlash, there is no response. When corruption becomes basically ingrained as accepted, there's no coming back. So in, a modern, they, so in a modern society where you basically have everything you want as long as the economy keeps churning, how do you ever change the trajectory of a government that is – out of, is is so robust and, and bloated and out of control. Like, I mean, how do you ever rein back in the United States government from what it's become over the course of the last 90 years? What is the government's purpose? To protect the people and uh, keep the uh, economy going, basically. Health and welfare. Okay. Right. So now you need to analyze then ultimately if the Health structure and the system put in place has allowed us to execute those goals. And I would argue that the inherent framework to an extent, uh, you know, anybody who's ever like looked at any uh, historical period before, it's like whatever the empire of the time is when it's like peaking during growth, there's always going to be like tons of improvements and tons of problems culminating from those improvements, things that just aren't foreseen. Usually it results in like, you know, slavery, slavery and imperialism and stuff like that. But if you never learn from those moments yeah, but I think and figure our- out how to transition, you do find that every empire sees a downfall Honestly, after a period because they don't learn from that. That's what I was going to say. I, 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 feel like, I feel like a lot of our problems, though, in the United States are just due to neglect. <laughs> It's not our problems aren't 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 created because we're actually moving forward in some progressive manner towards some you know utopian future. It's basically been that like it's already like our manufacturing and 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 and, and our and our social um, tra- upward trajectory has already reached its pinnacle somewhere in the 
90s, I guess. And like the neglect based on the corruption that you're talking about, that's the, well, the derivative of the, of, the, of the corruption that you're talking about is basically the downfall of the infrastructure, the education, uh, the social uh, civil discourse, and the, uh, the civil rights uh, movement that uh, you know, culminated at the uh, end of the 1960s that has basically been left to uh, rot and fester uh, in some, you know, some dark corner of, 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 of the urban, you know, experiment. Basically, that, that that's very succinctly put, and I like that. I would argue that the American experiment, uh, you know, our version of you know the democratic republic mixed with capitalism, is created a yo-yo effect, basically, where you see you know increases in the standard of living and you know like improvements in modern life, then with periods of extreme inequality and gross suffering, you know, depressions. Historically, you just see it. it it's, it's part of capitalism. It's the cycle of it. it happens every what. They say there's a massive one every hundred years, but it seems like they're happening every ten years. Yeah, but those are the last thirty years. That's creative. Bubbles, bubbles. Yeah, Yeah, but I mean, the market's artificial enough for itself. But that's not the point. The point is just that this yo-yo effect. You see it basically sling back and forth. And right now, we're on the downside of the yo-yo. And here's the thing, though: the yo-yo effect. It's not like this thing is, uh, you know, an infinite yo-yo. It snaps at some point. And you reach a period of gross inequality where capitalism dictates that accruing capital in and of itself is ultimately the way to consolidate wealth and power. And what happened over the period of quarantine was, you know, the 50 richest people in the world basically doubled their net wealth while everybody else lost half their net wealth. I mean, these people made $2 trillion while the general public lost $2 trillion. And you just see... the wealth doesn't disappear, it's transferred. And so when you see this type of mass consolidation of wealth, you reach a tipping point in the scales where it's so grand and so grand. Yeah, it's got to come from some somewhere. People. It's not like it just came out of the ether and they just got wealthy. Like It's not like they That's just right. printed all that money. I mean, they did print money, but they didn't print that and give it directly to them. It came from no, somebody it's, else. It's, it's the labor theory of value. And it flew up. It flows up. Yeah. Yes. No, it's like this, the saying, nobody uh, earns a billion dollars. They, they take it, you know, because you have to have other people earn the money and then take it from them. You can't do it yourself. Like, you know, what, what hourly wage have you ever worked in your life that could earn you a billion dollars? You have to have other people working the wage where you're taking the skim off the top of their wages and gross. That's just the nature of the system. But when you have a system that allows you to accumulate these levels of wealth, this makes the robber baron period of Rockefeller look, obscenely minuscule. I think they estimated at his time, if they brought his wealth into today, like Rockefeller would have like $10 billion. Oh, yeah. Elon Musk and Bill Gates, these guys have over a hundred billion. Unbelievable. And people can't even comprehend what it's like to have a billion dollars. To have a billion dollars means you could lose 99% of your money and your life would not change at all. Pretty much In, in, in terms of your ability to stay alive, get food, get electricity, take care of yourself, stay fed, get medical care. None of that would change at a moment's notice. And those are really the only things that truly matter is your material, you know, uh, material situation. So the question becomes, how can we restructure things, I think, to improve the material conditions of people? Like we're not going to obviously like rip capitalism to shreds, but we need to figure out ways to at least squeeze it and put uh, controls on it 
where the goal should be, uh, you know, collective. We should actually do what Gina Carano wants in actuality, which is improve labor conditions. Yes. You know what I mean? Improve unions. Mm hmm. Like yeah. these are the things you do to help people to improve the standard of living to give them there has the situation to be a, where in your personal life you could say things on Twitter. There has to be a, there has to be a balance of power, and yeah. and and the and the working the working class needs to have some kind of leverage over those that quote unquote create the jobs. Um, and in order to do that, their only way they can do it is through collective means, right? And it's been proven over history that when you improve working conditions and give people more freedom and allow them to enjoy more things outside of work, that they act, the productivity and the uh, as well as the morale of whatever goes up. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious, right? You instill, yep. instill a five day work week, right? You you you, you employ um, uh, some. Uh, some safety measures uh you take kids out of the factories um you know and uh and you clean up uh, the working conditions uh underground and all of a sudden um you know you're producing more than ever um you know i think the goal that- should be that like the people at the very very top if you have to go from having a billion dollars to having a hundred million dollars so that everybody at the bottom can go from having twenty thousand to having forty thousand that's great their life goes from being shit to being okay. And your life goes being from fucking amazing to being fucking amazing. It doesn't change. It doesn't change at all. Because there's nothing that you can do there's nothing that you can do with a hundred billion that you can't do with twenty billion, dude. Like what But there is something, Matt. There is something because you're you depriving people of, if you deprive people of that money, it reconsolidates your power over them. That's why people who have this much money feel the need to perpetually keep increasing it. Like Bill Gates has been giving it away for thirty years and he keeps making more money. Because as soon as you don't have that money, you don't have that power. You don't have that influence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the truth. Yeah. They, no, they like they, 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 people who have that power and money. They realize, you know what? Now all of a sudden, I get to dictate things. Mm-hmm. I get to change the rules. I get to determine who I talk to and how that changes what I want to do and how I want to shape the world. So now all of a sudden, the things that like like we were talked about about social media and real time, and now these guys have real time influence over those type of deals, and it's and it's a very powerful thing. It's I mean, it would be a it would be a very powerful elixir to drink. There's no doubt about it. Is if you can be able to uh, basically change the course of world history, right? Which Elon Musk basically has already done. Uh, he pushed the yep. uh, automotive industry into a place that uh, now everybody's forced to change into EVs. And that's just the way it is. Now you got places that are, you know, companies that are saying by 2035, their entire lineup is going to be that way. I think it's going to actually be faster. I think it's going to be a snowball effect that will, that will start to, people will start to demand more uh, because of the performance and the, and the maintenance costs of those vehicles are going to, the, once the consumer gets their hands on them, to the 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 person that can have that, that when it's actually you can buy one for thirty thousand dollars, I think we'll start to push that that market even more so. But anyway, my point is is that it's a very you know it's very intoxicating, right? To be to 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 think about that. But you know, at at the other thing I was going to say is that one of the things I think is that we have to recognize is that the. The industries that we're talking about that are struggling are different industries than 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 before. We're not talking about unions of you know the automotive industry. Those 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 workers have been you know elevated to you know the point where they're making seventy five you know eighty dollars an hour. Those, those jobs barely exist here anymore. But that's what I'm talking about. So here's what I'm saying. So now it's like how what's the strength of the um of, what's America? Of the, now? Wait, no, what's the what's the strength of the restaurant servers union? Right, hey, the waitresses exactly. and waiters and and things. 
what are service, we're in the industry. service industry exactly service so that's, industry. What my, that's what i'm touching on is where are the strong unions to actually stand up for these folks that are like you know trying to that that, that, that are at the lower end of the, the scale of these uh, of these earners right um because that's what we are and now and now what's even worse is, is that we're just crushing and decimating those industries like the haircut you know people that get haircuts gym owners um you know, uh, restaurants uh, and indoor dining is still uh, not a thing in California. So, like, they're putting a squeeze on those people even more um, and creating even more, uh, you know, uh, reliance upon other social systems and, and other things that, that are in place. And so it's it's just so interesting to me. I, I just, yeah, it's crazy. The, I, only, the, only, the only union they support, man, is the police union. You know that. Yes, right. That's the strongest one or, or gun lobby, right? When it comes to like the NRA or something like that. So that's something to think about though. I mean, you know, is thinking about protections when it co- does come to these, uh, to these, uh, these, um, you know, uh, w- uh, service industry folks. I mean, you and I already kind of a little bit touched upon it with, uh, the, the Uber and, you know, and those people. And I, I still think they should be 1099 employees, but I think that at the same time, like, you know, there should be like protections to, you know, also, make sure that they're earning some kind of, you know, living wage. I don't know. Rising tide, you know, picks up all boats. Right. So that's how I feel about it. Yeah. Well, you know, just to end on the lightest note possible, I think the (laughs) irony of the Disney corporation firing somebody for being anti-Semitic. Walt Disney himself never would have proved of that. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So a, a, corp- a, a corporation founded on the back of, of a virulent racist mm. and anti-Semite mm. now is known for its kids' cartoons and involvement in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, but you know, I you know I have a little kid and I have Disney Plus, and you go back through the history books of the Disney uh, cartoons, and they're oh, I've seen yeah, the early ones. ones. Yikes! They get uh, Yikes. they're a little racist. They're not very sensitive to the uh, to anybody of of color, and they kind of uh, you know. Uh, but they kind of owned it. They they actually have this disclaimer now. It says like, hey, well, besides taking it down, we're gonna actually think it's better for you know to leave it up to them. You know, kudos to them for not just removing all of their 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 library, right? Because yeah, I, I was just saying on a lighter note, Matt. It felt to me like that, like Axe body spray does not approve of the insurrection moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes. there's that picture of Axe body spray up at the Capitol. Yeah, and of course, we got to take a moment to make this a social media thing. Let's post about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Social media coming like <laughs> Pepsi. Pepsi does not approve of committing treason. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy Pepsi Cola while not committing treason. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So let's end on that. So we'll end a little bit lighter. Dude, thanks for joining me again. Uh, it's always fun. It was fun, buddy. Um, yes, hopefully this one won't get taken down. We'll talk about that at some other time. <laughs> Another time. <laughs> but if you're got, trying to find our last episode, you'll only find it on iTunes. You are, you're not going to find it on YouTube, and uh, we'll talk about that. But uh, all's good. Peace and love, my friend. Until next time, we'll talk. Later, all.